This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. And this is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of the station. Joining me from the wilds of the south side of the city of Binghamton, the director of Ross Park Zoo, Philip Ginter. How are you doing this morning? Just great. Thanks for having me on, Kathy. Oh, How are you doing? Um, can't complain, but I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a while since we've talked to somebody from the zoo, and it's it's nice that people can visit the zoo, although be it we've had some uh, some issues again with the whole COVID stuff, and we heard we thought that everything was quote-unquote normal, but then we've had this Delta variant. So before we get into the fun stuff, and we are going to get into a whole bunch of fun stuff, let's talk about what the situation is as we are recording this, as far as masking and whatever other protocols we have to remember when we're going to visit the beautiful Ross Park Zoo on the south side of Binghamton. Yeah, so for us, one of the great things is that most of uh, most of the time when you're at the zoo, you're outside. So right. masks are not required when you're outside uh, enjoying your time here at the zoo and checking out the animals. The only time that masks are required at this point is when you're inside any of our buildings. So we know that uh, CDC has recommended, based on current community spread in Broome County, that people mask up when they're indoors. And so when you're at the zoo and you're inside one of our buildings, whether it be our gift shop, our restrooms, uh, our New World Tropics building, which we're going to talk a little bit about because we've got some exciting happenings going on up there, uh, or our Wolf Woods. We just ask folks that mask up, and again, uh, that's that's not only for the protection of the visitors themselves, but also for the safety of our other guests, our staff, and uh, our animals. Well, that's the thing that I wanted to talk to you about is the animals. Um, it Very early on in the pandemic, we were hearing about the Bronx Zoo and some of their big cats that uh, had tested positive, and that was something that that you know, freaked a lot of us out. I imagine especially the people in the zoological community. Um, there had also been some very rare instances when, especially when you're talking about brachiocephalic breeds of dogs of the smushed in faces, that there were uh, some instances as far as COVID in animals. And just as we're taping this, this morning, I saw a report out of Philadelphia on KDKA about uh, white-tailed deer in a number of states, including New York and Pennsylvania, uh, showing positive tests for COVID antibodies. How concerned is the zoo about animals getting COVID? How sick could it make them, and uh, and how easily could they catch it? That that whole stuff. How how worried are you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is a concern. And so, you know, throughout the pandemic, we have been taking uh, extreme precautionary measures. Uh, our staff are masked up anytime that they are in contact with our animals. They're masked up when they're uh, preparing diets for the animals. So we've been extremely cautious to make sure that none of our animals are put at risk, which, again, is why, you know, we have been asking people to mask up when they're inside. Um just as a precautionary measure. Fortunately for us, um, we've not had any of our animals um, catch the virus. Uh, and on, on a, an exciting note, um, Syracuse Zoo is actually participating in a vaccine trial uh, 
oh. with some of their animals. So we're looking forward to uh, the results of that and actually having an approved vaccine that can be uh, administered to animals, particularly the, our large cats, because that, that as you mentioned, has been a, a major concern for a lot of zoos is just the risk um, to large cats. So we're we're following what's happening with places like the Syracuse Zoo that are participating in vaccine trials. And again, we're we're looking forward to the day when we can when when we can vaccinate all the animals here at the zoo. It's interesting how this cross species uh, issue has been because one would assume since most of us are concerned about humans getting it, that it would be the primates that would be the primary ones that would be the concerns. But the first ones, as we mentioned, that showed up were the big cats. And now we're hearing about hoofstock like like deer. It's just mm-hmm. it's that's it's just very weird. It, it seems like this thing is just doesn't care what species it's going for. Yep. Wow. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, <clears throat> you know, when you look at disease transmission from animals to humans, I uh, was just having a conversation with a person the other day, and and one of the things that that's kind of prompting all of this is our, our push in areas into wild places that we shouldn't be, mm. uh, you know, and we're encroaching on uh, wild wild spaces. We're getting too close to you know a, to wildlife, and we're making the opportunities for that di- disease transmission uh, to take place far more easily than we have in the past. Uh, and so, you know, the whole idea of smart growth and sustainable communities is is really important as we look at how can we help prevent a pandemic like this in the future. Wow, that's interesting. And that's something that is quite indicative for the the mission of zoos in modern day, uh, back when you're talking about Queen Victoria, they were just oddities and just attractions for the, the amusement and entertainment of the public. And zoos now, modern-day zoos, are so much more of an educational and research facility than ever they were, even though they're still a whole heck of a lot of fun to go to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's it's that edutainment uh, experience where, you know, we want it to be fun and engaging for our visitors, but we also want people to walk away having learned something. Um, you know that's been uh, a part of our mission for for decades. Uh, back in the 1980s, we first opened up our Wolf Woods program here. Uh, today, we're one of only 43 facilities in the U.S. where you can actually go and see red wolves. Wow. Um, you know there are fewer than 60 red wolves left uh, known to be left in the wild, uh, and so you know our our space here was designed specifically so that it meets the standards um, for housing red wolves so that they could be reintroduced into the wild. Uh, So again, we're one of only 43 facilities in the U.S. doing this kind of work with red wolves, which are are probably one of the most critically endangered native species here in the U.S. And they've been real tricky for the breeding and the release program. I remember some some situations in years gone by. Um, before we, we're already halfway through the program and we haven't gotten to the real fun stuff, the new exhibit, you mentioned the World Tropics, and this is a total segue into that whole education and entertainment thing. Uh, this is really kind of exciting, this this new exhibit you guys got. Yeah, so we're, we're really excited. We 
uh, folks may have visited in the past, and our, our marmosets were down in our lower zoo in what we refer to as our uh, Wonders of Nature building. They were difficult to see because the glasses had a significant glare on them. Mm. Um, we've moved them, so they're now up in our New World Tropics building, which is the greenhouse up at the top of the zoo. They have floor-to-ceiling viewing windows, so you can get a great view of um, these very active uh, little primates. And cute and, as all uh, get out. Cute as all get out. <laughs> and one of the, one of the things that, that's really kind of cool now is you can actually hear them. Uh, they're very social and vocalize uh, quite a bit, so when you come up and visit, you'll hear, you'll almost think it's a bird the way they chirp. Really? Um, but we encourage folks to come up and, and check out the new space. We think it's pretty pretty cool that you can see them. They have a lot more space to kind of climb and roam around, and they're sharing that space with our uh, prehensile-tailed porcupine basil. Yeah, yeah I was going to say they have a roommate. Yes, they do. So uh, it's kind of neat. So we've got basil and the marmosets in the same space. Uh, they're getting along great, and we're actually looking at potentially introducing a third species into that space that's a ground-dwelling animal, so folks will have to stay tuned to uh, to see what happens next in that habitat. Well, I'm glad that roommate situation's working out better than my college roommate situation. <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't get into that right now. <laughs> Another thing, speaking of fun... And this is a little bit of a, a different thing, but it's been going on for years and years, but it's still a little bit of a uh, out of the norm from what people think about visiting the zoo. We're, uh, you're bringing back Feast with the Beast. That's coming up very shortly. Are there still tickets available? And what is Feast with the Beast in case somebody's been living in their little den for you know the past several years? Yeah, so we are super excited about the return of Feast with the Beast this year on Wednesday, August 25th. Folks can visit rossparkzoo.org and order their tickets online. If they prefer, they can contact our office at 724-5461 and place an order online. What's different this year about Feast is we are coming back with a vengeance and we're throwing a full-blown feast. So we're partnering with Food and Fire. So Food and Fire will be putting on a feast to uh, quench the the hungriest uh, appetites. We've got the Binghamton Philharmonic, who's going to be here with some of their performers doing live music throughout the zoo. So it's going to be a, we think it's going to be an awesome experience uh, and certainly one that people are not going to want to miss out on. Well, it's always been kind of an interesting event because it's not as much the families wandering around the zoo normally as it is. It's, it's, it's kind of a different vibe, and it's in the evening when a lot of the animals are active. Of course, the animals are kind of curious about the people to begin with, but mm -hmm. this is a whole different um, kind of enrichment for them as well, watching people in their not-so-natural habitat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so overall, it's a, it's a great experience for, for all parties involved. Like you said, it tends to be a little bit cooler, so a lot of the animals that we house here at the zoo prefer cooler climates, which is why we have them here, because they can handle uh, our winters. Uh, so they, they are a bit more active when it's cooler, so it's a great chance to come out and see uh, everybody up and about. 
Well, before we run out of time, another thing that I found, thought was kind of interesting when I was perusing uh, RossParkZoo.org was this Costa Rica uh, experience. You really want to talk about the education of the public as far as habitat, habitat preservation, and what is happening out in the real world in the natural situation. This is a, a unique opportunity that also is something that's being handled through the zoo. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're we're taking our wild encounter programs to a whole new level. Yeah. Uh, so we're excited because we're actually booking wild encounters now. So if people want to come in and do a wild encounter with our red pandas or our uh, penguins or our sloth, they can contact us, and we're booking those wild encounters now on site. But what's even more exciting is, you know, we've talked about our, our rainforest building. Uh, coming up in February, people are going to have an opportunity to go with the zoo and actually experience a rainforest for real in Costa Rica. Wow. Uh, so it's a great opportunity. There's information on our website. If folks are interested in uh, going with us to Costa Rica, it's going to be a nine-night, seven-day stay in beautiful Costa Rica. People will get to experience a uh, it's one of the most biodiverse places on the planet, so we're excited about being able to, to take people and let them see everything from the, the rainforest to their beautiful coasts. Uh, it's just going to be an amazing trip, and we hope people will join us. Um, again, they can go to our website and get more information, and we're happy to partner with Bing Travel Club to, to make this trip a reality for folks. And one of the things I thought was kind of amusing, a, a little bit less exotic, but still kind of fun. Of course, a lot of us have been uh, participants in uh, video conferences these days. Mm-hmm. You guys even have a download of backgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was hysterical when I saw that. <laughs> Nothing like being creative. Yeah, so you can bring the zoo to your Zoom. <laughs> Well, you know what they say about some offices anyway. <laughs> and really quick, before we run out of time, I know a lot of questions. You guys even have your own little space on your uh, your telephone tree for people that want to talk about the carousel. What is going on with the carousel? So the carousel is open. It is open daily from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. They start the last ride at quarter to five. So if you want to take a ride on the area's oldest carousel come to the ross park zoo and rides are always free and again they're open from from 10 to 5 um, we're looking forward the city has been working um right before covid they had secured a contract to get the uh, a carousel renovated but unfortunately covid kind of derailed that process right. so we're looking forward to uh the city re-engaging in that and getting bringing the bringing that carousel really back to life and to its, uh, to its glory. So real quick, if people want more information, whether it be on any of the stuff we talked about or booking uh, maybe a, a corporate thing or a party or a birthday party or something like that, how do they get a hold of Ross Park Zoo and find out information? Yeah, so if they're interested, they can call us at 724-5461. Or if they just want to check out information, they can visit us on the web at Ross Park Zoo. Thank you very much for being my guest. Thank you, Kathy. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up.
great to finally be able to get together again. 